Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 232. Everyone is always looking to get a great deal on a Royal Caribbean cruise, so what happens when there's a price drop? How do you know about a price drop, and how can you take advantage of it? On this week's podcast episode, we discuss the nuances and strategies associated with repricing your Royal Caribbean cruise and what you need to know to lock in the lowest price. Here we go. It's incredible to think about how much is included in a Royal Caribbean cruise. Besides the room and bed for yourself, the entertainment, food, transportation between your ports, and so much more is all part of your cruise fare. That represents a tremendous value, especially when you start comparing that to a land vacation, where you have to account for things like meals and entertainment, at an additional cost. When we talk about value in a cruise, part of that equation is getting a deal, is ensuring that you have a great price for your cruise. Often, you may hear us talk about pricing of a cruise on this podcast or read about prices online, and the question may pop up of how to reprice your cruise to get a lower price and what to do if you do discover a lower price because of a price drop. As we tackle the topic of how to reprice your Royal Caribbean cruise this week, I want to welcome back someone who loves and who is very good at helping people plan and enjoy their cruise vacations as well. She likes big ships and she cannot lie. She is Annette (laughs) Jackson of MEI Travel. Welcome back, Annette. Love the intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) glad to have you in there and uh uh, of course we're talking about everyone's favorite topic every travel agent's favorite topic and that is of course price drops and price changes and and i say that with my tongue firmly in my cheek because uh you know it's kind of an inside joke that you know uh, obviously we're all looking for the best possible everybody whether you're a travel agent or or you know anybody going on a cruise you also want to get the best possible deal this is true if you're buying jeans at the mall going to a restaurant we're going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, right? It's natural that you want to make sure that you're not overpaying for something, uh, and and that's certainly a very natural reaction. And when it comes to cruises, you know, Royal Caribbean cruises, I feel like you know, are a pretty good value overall. And you know, one of the advantages of booking early is that ability potentially to uh, to reprice. But we'll get there in a second because first we have to kind of start off, Annette. I think when we talk about price drops, also first of all, how do you discover? price changes and um we should also you know what? i'm gonna go one step before that because i forgot we should also qualify this by saying that your ability to change the price of your cruise will depend on where you live not all countries allow you to do price change these are local laws within each country that royal caribbean and local countries have set up so if you're a resident of the united states canada or australia i know off the top of my head you're you have the ability that at, once you book a cruise up until final payment date, you can uh, reprice that cruise. Um, after final payment date, it's more written in stone. We'll get to that in a little bit. I know in the UK, you cannot reprice your cruise. It's kind of once you book it, you're done. Um, Annette, I don't know if you know off the top of your head any other countries that have or have the different rules. Or, or But keep, keep me honest here if I missed any of them so far about you know the basics of that. And also, also uh, more importantly, what is final payment date? Yeah, well, you see, I was the three you named are the only three I know of, but yeah. I don't want to say they are the only three. So I'm sure right. somebody and, will correct us in the notes. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, those are the reason I know those three is those are countries that uh, I seem to be, you read Royal Caribbean blog.com. Uh, you know, the UK, <laughs> Australia, United States, and Canada, that's a pretty big part of the English reading portion of the world that reads my blog. So I get a lot of feedback from there. Uh, but final payment date, at least for North America, is what, 90 days out now, right? 90 days now. Yep. So what that means is if you book your cruise for 2019, of course, we were recording this episode in 2018, you know, you have until 90 days before your sale date to 
really what it's meant for is to cancel your cruise without penalty. You can actually change your cruise at any point. But the reason why you don't want to reprice your cruise or cancel your cruise after final payment date is because Royal Caribbean starts incurring a penalty price. And I, I want to say 99.9% of the time, and at the, the penalty price out, the penalty that you'd have for canceling would be would outweigh any potential savings you might find. Well, yes, and I guess we need to back it up just because we're t- that was in general with refundable rates that you have booked. Ooh, it, it, obviously, if you have that non-refundable, that changes you're gonna, the equation. Right. That changes it just automatically to a penalty, a hundred dollars per person, if you're changing your dates or making adjustments. So. Right, and we should qualify for non. So these days, there's two kinds of fares: refundable fares and non-refundable fares. Refundable fares are like pretty much like since the beginning of time with cruise ships. Um, it's just like the word infers. You book it, and you can cancel up until final payment date. With non-refundable fares, you have the same rules apply. The difference is you're committing to that particular sailing. So as Annette mentioned, you cannot change the ship. You cannot change the sailing of the ship. So if you're sailing on the July 1st sailing of Anthem of the Seas, you cannot change the July 12th sailing or the May sailing or anything like that. You certainly, you also cannot change from, oh, July 1st to Adventure of the Seas. That doesn't count either. Well, you can. You but can. it's $100 incur- per correct. person yes. change fee. So for a party of two, that's only $200. So, you know, maybe not a big deal. But a family of four, it gets kind of expensive. Right. Right, exactly, and thank you for keeping me honest on that. Uh, you know, it's not to say you can't you can do anything you want, but it may cost you money with uh, in in the grand scheme of things. So, but repricing within that sailing, you're on that July first anthem sailing as an example. There's no problem at all because if the price drops, you're, that's okay to stay on the ship. You want to change rooms on the ship, no problem. But you just cannot change your sail date or your ship that you're going on without incurring a change fee there. So. Um, there's that, but let's get we'll get to the change fee, and repricing, and all that other stuff in a second here. Let's talk about finding a price, how to find ways to check for price drops, and one of the things we probably should also talk about in it is that the nature of pricing, because I feel like a lot of times people think of cruise line pricing the same way that you would think of pricing of I I always use this example like a pair of jeans at the mall, you know, at the Gap, and they're not the same kind of pricing model. Uh, it's actually a lot closer to to airlines, really, right? Yes. Yeah. So you went to jeans and I'm like, uh, airlines, airlines, you know, there's a certain number of seats at this rate. And when that's gone, it's gone and the price goes up and adjust. And then with Royal, um, you know, they, they love to have a sale. (laughs) Yes, they do. That's nice. It's funny you mentioned that because years ago, their sales were more out of the ordinary. They would, they would, there was the wow sale. That was like the big sale they would offer. And that was like quarterly. But they were few and far between. But these days, you're right, mar- the marketing department really does love the- those sales that offer different discounts and different options. But again, it's not like – and the reason I brought up the jeans is because you, know, you go to the jeans. You go to the mall, right? And you go there on a Monday and the price of your jeans is nineteen ninety nine, and you go there next week or next month and it's dropped to $15. Aha, now it's cheaper, you know, and it's like I should have bought the jeans now. But it's not the same kind of commodity. It's not that uh, – it doesn't work that way. And the pricing – there's there's two things that are obviously going to affect the pricing. First and foremost, like Annette mentioned, there is supply. The more people that book up the ship, there are less rooms available. Thus, price tends to go up over time. Uh, also, there are different promotions being offered. You know, you'll see like a 30% off sale, a BOGO 50% off sale, kids sale free, 
a variety a of other go with onboard credit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all those affect the price as well. So you've got multiple factors pushing and adjusting it. And Rel even adjust the price on their own based on the timing. We've heard uh, time and time again, uh, Royal Caribbean's chairman and CEO, um, Richard Fain talks to investors about this, that they actually like to use price to help curb demand because they don't want, it's not that they don't want, this is the wrong word, but they prefer to have, you know, demand be a little more steady rather than this kind of like up and down fluctuations. So again, there's a lot of factors that push the price around and it's not like, you know, where the gap is like, oh man, we got all these jeans sitting on the, you know, on the, on the shelves. We got to sell these things. Whereas, you know, this is a, um, there's a word I'm thinking of, like a, a, something expires. Like the, when the cruise ship sails, that's it. There's, you know, there's no selling the room after that. But by the same token, there's only so many rooms available. Um, it's a type of commodity. I forget what the word is, but, um, anyway, uh, you know, there's, there's other things at play. So when you're pricing cruises, I mean, my, the thing I always do, quite honestly, actually, I'll tell you what I really do, but the thing I do <laughs> the other times, I'll get to that in a second, hold on. The thing I usually do is check yourself. One of the easiest ways to check for price drops is to go on Royal Caribbean's website. This is what everybody does on conference calls, uh, in the evenings when the kids are sleeping, uh, in bed before you go to bed, right? You got to ask, how much is that cruise going for now? Let me look it up. So you make that a might a could mock be stressful book. right there before bed. That might would be stressful. I know. I know. I know. You know what? I am so guilty of doing that, Annette. It's like, before I go to bed, let me see what it is. Yes, I'm sure you do know. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But, you, you know, what if, you can just basically make, make a mock booking. I would argue it's the simplest way. It's the closest means of which to kind of determine where the price really is. And it's just, to me, it's the simplest way. Uh, there are other services that do offer actually price tracking features. I know of two of them. I haven't used any of these. And I can't vouch for them. I can't speak for them. I can just tell you that they exist. And I've heard people who've used them with varying degrees of success. Uh, websites like cruisefish.net and Shipmate offer price tracking features. Again, I can't vouch for their validity or how good or well they work or don't work, uh, but I know they exist. But the way that I think I really use what I've been alluding to this entire time, I don't check. I got someone who does it for me, uh, a travel agent. Honestly, a good travel agent, emphasis on good, is someone who's going to check for price drops for you and automatically get you the lowest possible price. And, you know, this happens all the time, and that's why I love using a travel agent. This is why I recommend using a travel agent all the time. I mean, you know, when there are price drops, it makes it so much easier to have a a travel agent because everything we're about to talk about, you don't have to do. They do it for you. So uh, it makes it so much easier. And that's among other reasons why I love the service that a travel agent provides. Um, But, Annette, I mean, it really – using the website in general to check on your own, the Royal Caribbean's website, I should say, is probably the most straightforward approach, right? It is. I mean, you're going to have to have your reservation in front of you so you know exactly what's included because you want to make sure you're pricing apples to apples. That's so, a really good point. I mean, it, has, it, it can really confuse you if you're, you know, I'm going to go there. Uh, refundable, if you're looking and you're at a refundable rate, and now you're pricing a non-refundable, chances are it's going to look better, but now you have that penalty. So you really need to make sure you have that or maybe you added gratuities and you're pricing it without gratuities. It, right. It's obviously going to look like a savings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, our port fees, taxes. That's a really good yeah. point. A lot of times, you know, we go on these different websites and, 
you know, they'll have, oh, cruises, you know, sale, starting at this price. You're like, whoa, that's significantly less than I'm paying. And then when you add in things like you mentioned, Annette, sometimes the gratuity is already put in there, port fees, taxes. You know, you say, oh, actually, it's the same price I'm paying or or worse. It's actually or higher worse, than I was right. paying. Right. Um, so you definitely want to make sure when you're looking at prices, you are comparing apples to apples. Again, that's why I like the Royal Caribbean website. It's pretty straightforward for pricing, and it, it puts it all out there. And it's it's pretty simple to to navigate. I mean, it's got its own issues, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. Uh, but certainly, it's a good way to kind of to track it. As to how often to track, you know, how often should I check for price traps, Matt? Look, there are some people, <clears throat> Michael Poole, who check like daily, every day. That's overkill. <laughs> Just you know. <laughs> I don't even – you don't need to go to that extent. I always tell people – and Annette, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are. I always tell people when there are new sales that begin, when Royal offers new promotions, that's usually the kind of the indicator for me. Uh, maybe it's time to just give it a good old once-over to see where things stand. Um, you know, it, But you shouldn't be – it's one of those things where it's like you know you can check every now and then. I don't know if you have to be like checking daily or weekly even. Just periodically is the best way I can describe it. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, they do let us know when sales are coming. So we are ready to go that morning when it comes out. Um, we have our stack of our, all of our clients and we're going at it, checking. We're talking amongst ourselves here in the office because once I found out just this past week that the Mariner group cruise, there were lots of people that were saving money on that one. I went out and let everybody know, Hey, everybody look, Certain categories in Mariner, the C's group, they're saving money. So then the agents already know. We all, we all kind of work together. Um, the ones that get me are kind of like what happened before we went on the um, Harmony. I almost said Symphony. Harmony of the C's. Because sometimes it's not a sale. Sometimes they just make a random price adjustment because right. they need to sell a certain category and you kind of stumble into that. So the great thing about working with a travel agency that has several agents at it that are working together, once that's found, again, we let everybody know, hey, hearing that there's sweet prices that are amazing, everybody go check. Go check and go get them. Um, you know, because sometimes it'll be they have a wow sale and they're concentrating on the first quarter of travel. But then they're adjusting the prices for other sailings, and maybe they don't have all the bells and whistles like the offer going now with the Wanderer sale. But still, the price just dropped two, three hundred dollars on a cabin. You just never know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And and I think the key you never know is a great thing. There are no there are no there are no constants when it comes to price drops. Every sailing seems to be quite different. And Annette was alluding to some of the Royal Caribbean Block group cruises we've done, and. You know what? There have been some sailings where you know the prices are all over the place. Sometimes where it's just it's pretty straightforward. When you booked was the best price, and that was it. And there are rarely ever any changes. One of the things, one of the mantras I always talk about is booking early. And the reason why I talk about booking early is first and foremost, in general, over the long term. But the earlier you book, the better your price is going to be. What that means is, generally speaking, prices tend to go up over time as you get closer to your sale date. Like we talked about earlier, there is less inventory, and thus prices tend to go up. Now, again, they while I like to I'd like to say that they go up in a straight line. Oftentimes, it's more of a kind of like a you ever seen like a stock market stock market chart, right? It's like up and down, up Definitely. and down, up and down, but starts to you know veer in one direction or another. But the bottom line is, the earlier you book, the more I, I the more likely I really do believe you're going to get the lowest possible price. Now, if you live in a country like the United States. 
Canada or Australia as an example. There may be others, but those three specifically. You have the ability to reprice your cruise if there is a price drop. Now, so if you go to the website and you say, oh, look, I've, I've done my homework. I remember Annette saying apples to apples. All right, I've got, I've got my, my, my booking. I've got my mock booking. I had my spouse check it. I had my kids look at it. They laughed at me. But then we looked at it all together and said, okay, there's definitely a price drop here. Um, So uh, first of all, if you booked it yourself through Royal Caribbean directly, you have to now go ahead and follow certain steps. Again, if you book through a travel agent, the travel agent does all this work for you, which is what I love because I hate, hate calling Royal Caribbean. There's always a hold. You don't like the hold music? No, I, I actually do like the hold music, but that's not the point. It's, it's, it's time. I don't want to sit on yeah. hold for, geez, I mean, I'm going to say 15 minutes. That's probably conservative, but you know what I mean? Especially on new, when new sales come out. Yeah, this really week was 45 put, minutes to an hour and a half. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, use a travel agent. Because, because at this point, look, if you use a travel agent, there's one step you have to do. Contact your travel agent if they haven't done it already. Because oftentimes, they like Annette just talked about, new sales, they already check for you. A good travel agent should be doing that. But um, you know, uh, when you're if you if you book to the travel agent and you discover a price drop randomly, you all you have to do is contact them. You know, whether you text them or, or email them or call them, just let them know. Hey, I discovered I saw there was a better price for this room that I booked. Can you reprice it for me? And that's it. And then it's magic. Then you go back to listening to quality Royal Caribbean blog podcast episodes, and then magically it just gets done for you, which is the best feeling in the whole wide world. Uh, so certainly, and I granted this is slightly self serving, but I will tell you. Use a travel agent makes it a whole lot easier. Um, but let's talk about Annette, the process of repricing. Assuming again, you've you've your your fares apples to apples. You're before final payment date, mm-hmm. and you understand any price uh, changes, penalties that may incur. Namely, uh, you know if you were changing sale dates on an on a non refundable fare, or if you're past final payment date, um, those kinds of things. But um, before final payment date, uh, you call Royal Caribbean. And do they adjust the price of that or do they actually cancel and just rebook? 99% of the time, they're just going to modify your reservation. Okay, cool. So that's the easy thing because if you've gone on and gone to your My Cruise Planner or you've turned in some My Vegas certificates for onboard credit or whatever, you've got to keep it with that reservation number. So they're going to keep that. They like to keep all their notes on that same reservation too because let's face it, anybody in marketing knows they want to know who did they get new to come in for this promotion and who just adjusted? So they are tracking that. So um, I will say that, you know, I, I, we call in, we could do some of the modifications online, but I like to call in because there are times when maybe you miss something. So it's really good to have somebody else look at it and go, okay, I think this is what it's going to be, but double check before you hit go and save it. Because sometimes, with a, especially with onboard bookings, there'll be that hidden onboard booking, onboard credit um, that maybe you forgot about. Maybe you forgot you had that on there. You don't want to lose that for making an adjustment. And sometimes they aren't combinable. So there are That's times really- that offers, it, you can't stack onboard credit. So it yeah. gets a little funky. So definitely call in, speak with the person on the phone and say, this is what I'm seeing. Can you confirm that that's what the price is going to be? They can do, as we do, a mock reservation to make sure that it looks the same, apples to apples. And then they'll say, do you want to do it? That's a really good point because one of the things that I – this 
kills almost any, every time I'm like, aha, I found a price drop. I'm going to save so much money. This is great. And then I ask, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call my travel agent. I'll say, Annette, um, I got the perfect thing for you. And they'd be like, aha, you forgot the promotion. The um, When you reprice, one of the things is you lose whatever promotions you had before. So the classic example is the onboard credit. You booked from promotion six months ago. And they gave you $200 on board credit, which is wonderful. And the new, but you're repricing now, six months later, oh, the price, the, the room price dropped, but you're not going to get nearly as much on board credit. Thus, it's not a savings. Likewise, it can be work the opposite way, where the, actually the fare is higher, but there's more on board credit, which offsets it. So, yes, my friends, you're going to have to employ good old math here to figure yep. out which is the best. But it is, it is the, I would say the biggest, stumbling block among price drops and price changes and trying to calculate it is not looking at the total picture of onboard credit or other promotions, free gratuities. All those things you get at the time of booking from Royal Caribbean are the things that disappear, so to speak, uh, when you reprice. Now, that doesn't include some discounts like your Crown and Anchor Society balcony discount does not is, is usually stackable and will always mm-hmm. apply because Royal Caribbean always offers that promotion or usually offers that promotion. Uh, you know, other kind of uh, discounts, like resident discounts, may still apply, but you have to really. That's why it's never quite as it may not be quite as clear as it looks, and you really have to dig into the specifics to make sure that you know it is actually going to save you money in the big picture. And I guess again. I'm going to hit on it again. Make sure if you've got a refundable rate, that's what you're getting a price on. Because as soon as you go to non-refundable, yep. you have well, 24 hours to go, oh, oops, I goofed. And tell, after that. Tell, yeah, tell tell them about my parents, Anthem of the Seas. Well, you're, they meant to do it. Yeah, they meant to do it, but we thought for sure it was a mistake. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> because, his parents went and booked on board, and and uh, I sent them an email, but I wasn't sure if they were checking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they only have 24 hours to get rid of this non-refundable thing. And uh, I asked Matt, and he goes, oh, they would never book that. And I get an email back from his mom. Yeah, we meant to. We're going. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> they booked they booked uh, the uh, Royal Caribbean Block Anthem of the Seas Group Cruise 2019. Which you can book, find more information about at royalcreamblog.com slash events and sail with me and Annette on the beautiful Anthem of the Seas over July 4th weekend, which is going to be awesome. Great itinerary. I can't wait. Bumper cars yes. in that. <laughs> and what's funny is I talked to my parents. They live in the Northeast. And I said, you know, you want to come on the sailing? I was like, sure. So we, I told Annette, you know, she booked it. And then, anyway, then they went on, another, on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And they went to the next cruise office. And the lady there booked them. <laughs> Long story short, they, they booked, repriced the cruise with, with on board with um, uh, non-refundable fare. So they text me and they're like, hey, good news. We saved like $600 or something like that. And I texted Annette. I goes, do you know about this? And she goes, OMG, they booked a non-refundable fare, <laughs> which I thought for sure was a mistake, but they actually meant it, which is, here's the real funny thing. <laughs> they're booked non-refundable, so they're committed to the sailing. And I'm more not. than you? Yeah, more than me. <laughs> I'm going on the sailing. I wasn't sailing, sure but if you just... were going there, but... <laughs> I just think it's so funny that my parents committed to a cruise that I'm more committed than I am. But, you know, anyway. There's but, a- and it's an honest mistake, though, because and, – and I'm just going to throw you under the bus. Sorry. But when you were on board, you booked two staterooms, and you had one room was refundable and the other one was non-refundable. So that was right. a really quick text message to Matt going, run back to the desk. <laughs> You've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. 
It's it's one of the, again. This is why using a travel agent makes it so much easier because they're just keyed in on it. It just makes your life easier, simpler, faster, better. Um, you know. Anyway, but, um, but here's another thing. I guess we just went there, and I, yeah. I hadn't even thought about this before. But just because you book a cruise mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't go reprice it if you're on another cruise and you want to compare prices. We still work with you on that as well. That's a good point. Um, in fact. I tell people all the time, this is a really common question I get in it, is I'm going on such and such of the seas in whatever, a week, two weeks, a month, three months. Should I book my cruise now or wait to book on board? And I don't know what your thoughts are. I always tell them the same thing. I say, these days, you're better off booking it now. Call your travel agent. Call me I travel. Have them book the cruise for you. Yep. Go on that sailing. Go to the next cruise office. Make an appointment. And if the price is cheaper, can't you know reprice it and do it that way. You got But if you wait... The the danger is yes you may get you know booking on next cruise typically you get some extra onboard credit but if the price went up between now and three months from now when you go on your sailing that really doesn't help you you should, you're, you're just paying more for it well and that um, actually happened with some people that were going on the New Year's Eve group cruise I hate to keep using group cruises but hey shameless we've, plugs we've in that are part of this podcast that's right <laughs> that's right and that's talking then, about the Freedom of the Seas 2020 group cruise on uh, New Year's Eve in 2020. Yeah, I'm calling it the 2020 because otherwise it sounds like we have three in 2019. But you're absolutely right. It's December 29th, 2019 into 2020. Uh, yeah. Again, all our details. we got awesome group cruises lined up. Uh, it's all available at royalcreamblog.com slash events. Anyway, continue. But when that first came out, I priced it for a couple of people. And they said, oh, I'm cruising in two weeks. And I went, well, let's let's go on and book something. And then you can price it on board. Within two, They didn't. We held it and they decided to gamble. It went up $600. Yeah. it's it. You know what? I think it, there's a couple things in play. First of all, in that particular example, we all booked it or tried to book it in the first couple of days in which the sailing was announced. That's huge. Right. That's always an advantage over any other time. Second of all, let's be honest. The next cruise booking bonus isn't what it used to be. Back in the day, it was significantly more lucrative. I mean, you know, to Royal Caribbean's credit, I mean, they're just doing so much well business-wise. They don't, they've changed a lot of the rules around. So it's, it's not that it's not a bad deal or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. It's just not quite the deal it used to be in terms of what they offer. So, again, you're still – and this goes back to what I talked about earlier about booking early. The earlier you book, odds are, generally speaking, in my experience, long term, you're probably going to get a lower price earlier you book. And there's very little risk. I mean, what's the risk? You go on, go on board the next cruise office. It's it's higher or it's not as good of a deal because while the onboard credit is higher, but the price now, the cruise fare is higher. You know, what's, you got nothing to lose. You got everything to gain and nothing to lose in that situation. And that's why I think that's really an important strategy when you're talking about booking on board. Uh, what's well, there's that. I, I, well, the other reason to book early mm-hmm. is if you have a certain room preference that you want, connecting staterooms go first. So if yes. you're wanting those, you need to go on and grab those. If you want the aft of the ship um, or you're looking panoramic for Alaska, those things go quick. So you want to go on and book those. Absolutely, especially with new ships, that's really uh, critical. You know, a lot of times people talk about, you know, you know, is it better just to wait it out and try to find a price? I mean, you can. There's a gamble involved, right? But you have to understand, you may not get the room you want. You may not even see the price you're looking for. And worst of all, you may decide, you may realize later on, I should have booked the cruise earlier on when I saw it the first time because it's never gone back down to that price that I saw way back when. Right. And then you end up not going on the cruise out of spite because, you know, so, well, I'm not paying that price and – you enjoy your vacation in beautiful Hoboken, New Jersey. So, yep. um, you know, we've all been there in Hoboken. <laughs> um, so let's talk <laughs> lastly about what happens after final payment date. Is all hope lost if you find a different deal or a deal on a different kind of room? 
if you're going to look, if you're going to look after final payment, only look at prices higher than what you've got or look at categories higher. So maybe you're in an ocean view room and you're hoping for maybe a hundred dollars to get you to a balcony or small price to get to a junior suite. You can do that, but Royal is not going to hand you money back after you've made final payment. Right. One thing you can do is let's say you booked a ocean view room for, well, I'm just making up money, a thousand dollars, right? Um, whatever cruise, doesn't matter. What, what a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a deal. And then you find that a category higher than you, the price of that room has dropped to what you paid or lower. So, like a balcony, let's just say, again, this is a gross generalization. Um, you're not going to get the money back, like Annette said. But what you can do is move up to that room for the same price. Um, and also, you can spend more money. Royal Caribbean will always take your money after your after <laughs> final payment date. If you say, I would love to spend more money. Like the common example is you booked a balcony, but you find that the junior suite is now – it's still more than you paid, but it's not as bad as it was or it's – I don't know. It just, seems more reasonable now that you've paid in full. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or you got a gift. You know, There's like, a lot of reasons why you might be wanting to spend more money and move up. You can certainly still do that because Royal will always take your money uh, after final payment date, in my experience, um, and and they'll they'll go about it that way. But I honestly, once I get past final payment date, I just I just close my eyes, and at that point, I just it's not worth checking the price. I mean, honestly, more often than not, the, first of all, the cruise probably sells out. Second of all, price drops within final payment date seem to be not quite as common as they used to be. Uh, that's again going back to how popular Royal Caribbean has become recently. Uh, you know, with, with their with their rooms. Um, but there's usually, um, you know, I, I feel pretty confident when I book my cruises. I mean, you can tell me that I book my cruises years in advance. And often, a classic example, we were just talking about this before we recorded the show, for the Royal Caribbean blog, Group Cruise on Symphony of the Seas, coming up in November 2018. You can join us at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. Another plug. I love it. Yes. We're up to three <laughs> so far. Um, I booked that cruise the day that it came out in my particular room. And I don't think that price has ever come remotely close to what I paid for it. Uh, back when I booked it. So great. That's symphony. That's a, a near inaugural sailing. So there's a little bit different uh, dynamics there, but the, the principle holds true in that booking early is the best way to do it. And again, if you're going to do price drops, it's just so much easier if you use a travel agent, by the way, Annette, um, when you, if you book on your own, we've, we've all mm-hmm. done this before. Um, you have 60 days, right? To transfer it to a travel agent. Yes. And they hold very firm to that. <laughs> So don't wait to transfer it on day 60. Right. But if you're listening to this, maybe you just booked a cruise and you're checking out this podcast. Hi, my name is Matt. Um, <laughs> you know, thanks for listening. You have, if you have within 60 days of booking, you can transfer it to a travel agent and then let them manage it. And when there are price drops, we should mention, once you, if, you're, if your reservation is handled by a travel agent, and by the way, websites are travel agents. So you booked it through American Express or Discover or... Those other places, yeah. Right, those are those are all travel agents in Royal Caribbean's eyes. So just keep that in mind. Um, the travel agency is the only one who can manage the reservations. They're the ones who can change the price on it, essentially. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because your travel agent does the work for you. So that way you're freed up to again to listen to quality Royal Caribbean blog podcasts like this one. So it's and uh, most travel me. agencies uh, yes. just throwing it out there that you know find the one that has the no fees. It's not going to charge you for canceling. Um, that will do this for you. Um, you want to make sure you, you know, interview a little bit before you just go grab and book with a. That's a, no, that's a really Costco. good point. Um, because there are a number of, you mentioned, I wasn't going to mention them, but there, I'm there, just are, going there. there are, there are certain travel agencies in general that do charge 
fees for making alterations on your reservation. Not all of them. In fact, I I don't know majority, but not all of them do. But make sure you book with a travel agent, no matter who you book with. Don't book with one that, that charges you any kind of fees for changes in your reservation because that's just it's, it's the wrong way to do it. Quite honestly, uh, there should that should not be the case because of course the travel agents are paid by the cruise line, and um, there's a whole backstory we can talk about if we ever go on a ship and have a couple beers. But you know the mechanisms in which they price them away. But bottom line is don't do that to yourself because in these kinds of situations we're talking, we're outlining here with price drops, you're going to incur a fee on that, which is just silly. So right. there shouldn't be that case. So no matter where you book with book with a travel agent that has no change fees. And, you know, again, a good travel agent will be doing this for you. Classic example was, you know, with these group cruises coming up that we, we've been mentioning more often than not, I just get a message from, you know, MEI travel saying, Oh, here, we you know, the sailing now. You got an extra blah 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 credit. I'm like, oh, good news, honey. I can go buy that video game I just saw because we just saved money on the on the cruise. That's the so. What you buying now after what you saved this week? <laughs> <laughs> now my wife goes, that money's not for you to spend. God, <laughs> darn it. I can't say though, but team up with your travel agent. Let them know what it is you're looking for. If you don't don't tell the travel agent that you really, really, really want a balcony, but you just can't afford it. Mm-hmm then they won't know to start looking for that to see the difference in price change. I was able to this week move three rooms from Ocean View to Balcony for very little more money than they were paying. But they didn't want to pay $600 more to move to a balcony. But now it's about $100, but hmm, they're getting $175 on board credit. So it's kind of a wash and a win. That's really. right. No, and, and that's a really good point. You know, uh, you know, Outline what you're looking for, and this is part of the process. You know, when you're talking about booking the cruises, like Annette said, you know, let them know if you're. I mean, it's one of those things. You know, I'll, Annette, I'll take a royal suite if they happen to have one of those available at the right price. But you know, yeah. within reason, right? You know, certain things that are available are. You know, I'm looking for nicer things, but my budget's really within this range. But you know, let right. me know if there's anything there. Does, there's no harm, certainly, in doing that. Um, and I, I think that it can it can definitely work quite well. Again, there's nothing wrong with checking on your own. Just, you know, I do it all the time when I'm sitting on a conference call. It's like, okay, this is going on for a while. Let me see how much that – what are cruises going for these days? <laughs> you I know, think you your boss doesn't that. listen to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should edit this part out. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't listen to it. But um, I'll just say that it's um, – while I'm coding, I check – no. Um, I'll tell you that it's you – know, it, ch- checking prices, It's it, it, it can be – my, my last thing I'll say about this is don't get too caught up in the price of it. Don't be one of those people. Don't check it every day. Don't check it every hour or anything like that. I, I really do believe I, – I check it mostly when new sales come out. It's just otherwise you can drive yourself crazy sometimes with trying to say, oh, my God, it dropped. You know, I have done price drops for like $15. I freely admit I've done that before. It. I will second that you have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it all helps, but I'll also be the first to admit that it's – I wouldn't lose too much sleep if it was if I missed a fifteen dollar price drop, but you know, periodically. That's what I always tell people: periodically check it, um, and it, you know, if it can benefit you, great. But again, a good travel agent will be checking it for you periodically anyway, and it's uh, less risk on your end. So, um, you know, it's one of those things out there. But I hope that everybody gets a you know book early, and more often than not, you'll probably end up with a pretty good price to start with. So. Uh, Annette, thank you for joining us here to talk about all this, and I'm looking forward to uh, going on some of these group cruises we've been shamelessly plugging during this episode. I know, but there has been savings this week on them, so you just have to. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Annette. Thanks. 
What do you say we answer some Royal Caribbean questions? Sure, man, that'd be a great idea. All right, let's do it. Of course, you can get uh, your email right here by sending me an email to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from somebody named Bob Noxious. It's a name only a mother could love. <laughs> Bob writes, The Ultimate Dining Package just opened up for our November 2018 sailing. It allows me to create one reservation for the first night of the sailing. Five Prince says all other reservations must be made on board and are subject to availability. I thought that I would be able to do this ahead of time. What's the deal? I don't want to worry about this while cruising. Any advice? Thanks and love, love, love the podcast. Bob, thank you for the email. And actually, no, that's how the dining packages work. So Rokerman's dining packages, whether we're talking about the ultimate dining package or the three-night dining package, four-night, five-night dining packages, are based around this idea that you pay a flat fee to be able to eat at a certain number of specialty restaurants, which will constitute, if you broke down the price, per meal, a lower cost than if you book them individually. The trade-off, if you will, is that you cannot make reservations until you actually get on board the ship. In fact, uh, for any of the dining packages, Royal Caribbean will, will assign one for you automatically, but you have the option to change them once you get on board the ship. And once you get on board, you're able to make any reservations you want going forward. The idea behind it, the dining packages, is that it gives Royal Caribbean flexibility while adding revenue that they, that they might not otherwise have gone for. Because the idea is that, you know, maybe if the average guest books, I don't know, one or two restaurants on a particular cruise, by booking a dining package, they're more apt to eat at more restaurants, which, again, fills up the restaurant, gives it more purpose, and, you know, that, that's good for Royal Caribbean. And for you as the consumer, you get a lower cost. But the trade-off is you have to wait to book on board. Certainly, as soon as you get on board the ship, it's very easy to do so. You can go to any especially restaurant. In fact, most of the ships I've been on lately, there has been a designated area, usually in the main dining room, uh, on embarkation day, for guests to go and just have, they literally have a bunch of crew members sitting around waiting to make reservations for guests with dining packages. That way they can do like a one-stop shop, kind of drop in, make the reservations, and be on your way, which I absolutely love. It's actually very easy. A lot of people worry about, you know, oh, what about if the restaurants are sold out by that point? That's rarely the case. The exception would probably be over a holiday, like if you're cruising over Christmas or Thanksgiving or Valentine's Day or some other holiday in which there'd be extra high demand more than usual for a particular restaurant. Uh, the example I always share is that we were on Navigator of the Seas over Cinco de Mayo, which is not a big holiday at all here in the United States. But, man, that place was packed on on Cinco de Mayo because, of course, everyone says, oh, it's Cinco de Mayo, we got to go eat Mexican, right? So, uh, you know, but even so, you'll probably still be able to get a table there. It may not be the exact time you want. I often tell people, really, the dining package spells down to this thing. If you are saying to me, Matt, I really want to eat at this restaurant at this time, particular time, and if I don't eat there at, at that restaurant at this time, it's going to be a disappointment to me, then book the restaurant individually. But if you're a little, if you're a little bit flexible, you know, with, with where you're dining at, as long as you're like, well, I'd like to eat a Chops Grill on night two. Okay, as long as you're flexible with when in night two, you'll have no problems at all. It works out quite well. And I think, by and large, the dining packages are a great value for that exact reason, because they save so much money with uh, what they offer. So, uh, Bob, hopefully that answers your question there. Thanks for reaching out. Of course, the other thing I should mention, I don't know, I'm not sure if I was clear about it. If you went to book an individual restaurant, Bob, if you went to Welcome's website through the Cruise Planner, book Chops Grill, then you can book a specific time and, and whatnot. It's just the dining packages that don't allow you to book in advance the actual restaurant itself. So, there you go. We have our next email from Emma Smith from Perth, Western Australia. Just returned from uh, in November from a seven-night cruise on Explorer the Seas of the South Pacific. It was our first ever cruise, and it was just my four-year-old daughter and myself traveling. I'm still working on my husband to get the cruising spirit. 
After hearing so many wonderful reviews from your listeners, I've been looking forward to my turn to share our experience. It was absolutely fantastic, and we have now three more cruises booked. Needless to say, I became an addict overnight. Highlights were Chops Grill and Giovanni's Table. The meals were excellent and the staff fantastic. We were an odd dining party, being just a child and a small child and an adult, but we had a wonderful time and we were very well looked after. The staff was absolutely great. We absolutely loved our stateroom attendant and our waiter in the main dining room. They were so attentive and friendly. Adventure Ocean, my daughter had a great time and made lots of friends. The staff were very caring and receiving a medal at the talent show made her cruise. The ice skating show, wow and wow again. Our promenade view room, this was just perfect for a party of our size. Affordable, but still with a fun view. I loved watching late night dance parties in my pajamas while my daughter was sound asleep. My daughter loved having a view of the Christmas tree from above. I was amazed at how great the storage was and how large the bed was. The Viking Crown Lounge, this was our favorite spot to chill after dinner before the show. Such a relaxing spot with a great view. On port days, disembarking and embarking were a breeze, even with the tender. Numia and Lifu in New Caledonia were both fun stops, a good mix of city, nature, and culture. Some small suggestions for Adventure Ocean registration. This was quite stressful for all of the parents and kids, especially on the first day. There was only one staff member taking registrations, and we were queued for about an hour with all the kids going a bit crazy. There's got to be a more efficient way. Fitness Center. I enjoyed the class I attended, but I could only find one class that was during Adventure Ocean hours. It would be great if they took this into consideration when planning class times. And ice skating. Oops, I forgot my socks despite it was on my packing list. I couldn't find anywhere to buy socks on board, so I'm considering setting up a black market sock trade next time and expect huge profits. Thanks again for all your wonderful work. Uh, next cruise for us is October 2018 on Radiance of the Seas. Emma, great! Review, I love it. By the way, I'm actually surprised about the Adventure Ocean registration because usually, look, I've, look, I think you know Emma. I've gone on a number of cruises with my kids, and we've registered a number of times for Adventure Ocean. And there's always been a number of crew members that have never been like a hue. Uh, in fact, it's usually pretty easy and easy. Yeah. Now, the first, unless you're talking about the, um, the like the first day, like checking in, like not the registration in the afternoon, but like Adventure Ocean opens now for the kids. And yes, usually that first day is always crazy because. Uh, number one, I, I would say there's a fair amount of parents who don't register beforehand and they just show up and thus that slows everything down because now they have to register. Um, you know, one of the things you want to do is make sure you go and register your children for Adventure Ocean on embarkation during the afternoon. Check your cruise compass because there will be a open house time, usually in the afternoon or late morning for you to go there. You can obviously register the child, get your questions answered. What you don't want to do is be that parent who gets in line at 8 o'clock when Adventure Ocean opens and be like, oh, this is Adventure Ocean? I've got my children here. I'd like to register them. I mean, it's not that you say you can't, but you slow everything down. You don't want to be that guy is what I'm trying to say. So uh, if you were talking about that experience, yes, I've been there many times, and it's usually just a first-day phenomenon. After that, it gets very more streamlined. If you're talking about the in the afternoon, like you know, to actually register, usually there's quite a bit of spots there, but I'm sorry to hear that it, uh, that it took so many uh, issues there. Because I, I guess coming on a cruise in the United States, because that's never an issue over here in my experience. But Emma, thank you for the email. Great review. And I'm so glad to hear you've got other cruises booked. Sounds great. Our next email comes to us from Mike Dinsmore, who writes, Matt, my wife wants to know if there are places to change into dry clothes on Labadee. We'll be in Nellie's Beach Cabana, we think. Not sure if Junior Suites are at the private beach. Well, uh, let me answer your question right there. No, Junior Suites guests do not access uh, Barefoot Beach, which is the suites-only beach. Uh, that's for Grand Suites and above. But there are places to, to change your clothes, actually. There are uh, restrooms 
and ch- which have large changing areas uh, within there that you can definitely change if you were doing something like, you know, you're going to be doing the beach day and then you want to go and do like the zip line or something like that. Don't want to wear your bathing suit, certainly understandable. You have that option there, but there are uh, facilities in order to change. Uh, you can certainly ask if you do get a cabana in Nellie's Beach. Ask your attendant to be directed to where you need to go to make that happen. But it's, as I recall from Nellie's Beach, I'm pretty sure there are restrooms. There's a little facility in the back of Nellie's Beach. There's a bar, naturally, and towards the back, and there's there's a restroom facility over there. I think there's actually changing rooms proper closer to the entrance of Labadee. I've never actually done it before. I think I've seen them in all my little travels, but I... Yes, you're definitely going to have an opportunity to do so there. So there you go, Mike. Thanks for uh, the email. Appreciate it. Next, we have an email from Patrick K. from Minneapolis. Matt, going on Liberty this season out of Galveston, and was wondering if you had any recommendations for excursions for some of the further west Caribbean ports of Roatan, Costa Maya, and Cozumel. I've dug back through the archives and couldn't find a whole lot on Costa Maya or Roatan. Thanks in advance for any advice, and keep up the great work. Patrick, thank you so much for the email. Uh, some great ports you're visiting. Cozumel, we talked at length about. There's so many great things to do in Cozumel. Uh, so, just for if you're, if you're like, well, Matt, can you tell me what it is? Because I'm listening for that one. Uh, Cozumel is uh, I, there's so many things to do. You can go do a beach day in a place like Paradise Beach. That's kind of a it costs like you know a couple dollars just to get in, and then you only pay for what you use. So like you know the food is actually extra, drinks extra, activities extra, and whatnot. You go to an, uh, an all-inclusive resort like Nachi Kokum or Mr. Sancho's. Those are places beaches where you go. And it's kind of like an all-inclusive type resort experience, right? You go there, all your food, all your drinks, and some, if not all, the activities are included as well. So there's an option there. You can go into downtown San Miguel, which is the downtown area. There's shopping, there's dining, there's some cultural things there to do as well. You can go see. There are some small mine ruins on Cosmo. Cosmo is an island. Uh, but if you want to see the big ruins, you need to take the ferry across to the uh, Playa del Carmen, which is the mainland. And over there, you'll have Tulum, which is the prominent Mayan ruin. And then you have a little bit further away, Chichen Itza, which is like the Mayan ruin of all time. Although it does take quite a bit to get there and can be kind of pricey to get there. But something to keep in mind uh, for you to do. And there's lots of other things like there's eco parks, there's tours, there's, I mean, there's a ton of stuff to do in Cosmos. It's one of the most mature cruise ports there is. And certainly the gold standard, if you ask me about Caribbean cruise ports, what you look for, what's available. Uh, Costa Maya is a newer port. It was actually created a couple of years ago. I th- if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it was created when Oasis of the Seas debuted. It was a uh, man-made port, as, in, as basically before that there was nothing there, unlike Cozumel. Um, that being said, the uh, the port is obviously now it's been there for a little while now. My favorite thing to do is go to Maya Chan Resort, M-A-Y-A-C-H-A-N. It is a all-inclusive resort run by some American expats that do a phenomenal job there. And uh, I was there when I was on Oasis of the Seas a number of years ago. Going back in uh, March when I go on Rhapsody of the Seas, I think. Pretty darn sure. I haven't booked it yet, but, you know, pretty sure I'm going there. And uh, it's just wonderful to do, no question about it. In Roatan, I've been to Roatan once going back again in March. So perhaps it changed my mind. But the one place I did go in Roatan on my other visit was Parrot Tree Beach. Parrot Tree Beach. I have reviews of Maya Chan and Parrot Tree Beach at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com that you can uh, search for on the blog once you uh, go there. Uh, But Parrot Tree Beach is basically a day pass kind of place. It's a resort, but you can go there and use the beach facilities. It was fairly inexpensive, and there was bar service. There was shade, which is really important to me. Food service. It was great. What I really like about it beyond all that is the actual beach area. The resort is kind of built on a little lagoon that connects to the ocean water-wise, 
but there's a bunch of rocks in the way to prevent like actual waves, so it's great for kids. And we're just relaxing, quite honestly. We had a great time when we went there. Uh, so those are the two places I would recommend. On top of all that, if you're looking for shore excursion re- recommendations or reviews in general, I highly recommend our shore excursions message board at royalcommandblog.com. Our message boards in general are a phenomenal resource. Uh, there's just so many great people on there who have shared so much information. And I know, Patrick, if you go to our message boards, you'll find tons of recommendations for things to do in Costa Maya, Rotan, and even Cozumel as well. So uh, you've got a great itinerary. Enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun. And uh, when I get back from my cruise in on Rhapsody in March, I'll be sharing some of that stuff here in uh, on the podcast, I'm sure, as well. Our next email comes to us from Mike in Boston, Massachusetts, where it's, My fiance and I just returned from our December 2nd sailing aboard Harmony of the Seas to the Eastern Caribbean. This is only my second cruise, with my first coming in last year on Allure of the Seas, but I'm hooked on cruising. I've been on the bigger Oasis-class ships of Royal Caribbean, and that class has definitely appealed to me, with its huge number of restaurants and bars and other things to do on the ship. I feel like the ship is the destination, so it didn't matter what some of the ports were, even if they were in rough shape following the hurricanes like St. Thomas and San Juan. Here's some tips from my perspective about Harmony of the Seas. Number one, if specialty dining is of interest to you, and it should be with great options on Harmony, be on the lookout for the four and five night dining packages for sale on the cruise planner. Our sailing, on our particular sailing rather, we booked a five night dining package for $115 each with the intention of using it at the biggest specialty restaurants, mainly Chops Grill and Jamie's Italian. If you do the math for five dinners, it comes out to about $23 per person per meal. The package will save you a ton of money if you plan to go to a specialty restaurant for dinner four or five times, as Chops is usually $45 per person and Jamie's $35 per person, and that's before the service charge. For us, knowing ahead of time that eating at all these restaurants was important to us, it was a no-brainer. Also, the five-night dining package disappeared from the cruise planner shortly after I booked it, so if you see it and you want to book it, don't wait. Royal Caribbean must know it's a great deal. Number two. Don't worry about the fact you can't reserve your dinner times in advance if you purchase a dining package. It won't matter because there will be plenty of opportunity to change or book your ideal time once you're on the ship. Go to any specialty restaurant on the first day and ask to book your reservations right there. Even after you do that, you can still change your reservations at any time as easily using the Royal IQ app. I probably made reservation changes about five times using the app based on other things we were going on each night. And don't be afraid to just walk up to the restaurant in the evening and ask if they can take you. Chances are they'll have some tables available, maybe not always inside, but possibly outside seating. Twice at Jamie's, we were accommodated an hour before our reservation with no problem. Number three, pre-plan and pre-book in the months leading up to your sale date using the cruise planner to space out the cost of your cruise and check back on a regular basis to rebook packages where it would save money. As I've heard you mention on the podcast, pre-booking is a way to space out the cost of the cruise and not have an enormous bill at the end of the cruise. Debarkation day is depressing enough. If you're going to buy the drink package, definitely do not wait until you get on the ship. The price on board is $58 per day, uh, which was more than what I paid for uh, for the drink and internet pre-cruise combo, $54 per day. Number four, if you're going to Labadee and you're all, if you're at all pale skin like me, I'm, I'm English and Irish, and might want to have some shade, consider splurging for the over-the-water cabana. It's expensive, but my goodness, that thing was amazing. Number five, we had a boardwalk balcony stateroom, six staterooms from the aft of the ship with almost a complete view of the aqua theater from the balcony. This was great for us because we weren't really interested in going to the aqua theater to get a seat. We wanted the opportunity to view the show for a little while from our balcony with the option to go to our room whenever we wanted. One thing to note, though, is that if you go to bed early, even with the balcony door closed, you'll be able to hear music a little bit, although it never kept us from sleeping. Number six, I was really pleased with the crew on the ship. There were several bartenders, waiters, and stateroom attendant staff, which were incredibly helpful, accommodating, and friendly to us. 
everyone seemed to know our names, which was a great feeling. If you have a similar experience, don't forget to take the post-cruise survey. Uh, we were told in that survey, if you give a high rating of your experience at a restaurant, they will be able to tie your answer back to your waiter so they can be recognized. For example, they will know that you had this waiter at this restaurant on this date. Also, I was, un- I was unsure about how or if the onboard cruise were dispersed among the specialist dining staff. So I went to, out of my way to tip my waiters on top of the onboard gratuities to make sure I took care of them. Do you know if the daily onboard gratuity charges include specialty dining staff as well? Mike, thank you for the email. Great review, by the way. Loved it. Nodding all along. I think I agree with every single one of your points. About the dining and specialty restaurants and tips. That's a question I get. I've actually gotten a lot lately. So my answer is based on an answer I heard a number of years ago. I'm not saying it's necessarily still the truth, but it's the only bit of information I can divulge or share with you. And that is when Special Dining first came to Royal Caribbean, the, when Royal Caribbean announced them, the explanation was the extra cost to dine at a specialty restaurant was supposed to cover the, uh, the extra cost of the food and the gratuities. That's my understanding of how it works. That's still my understanding of how it works, and I'm not aware of anything that I've seen posted anywhere on Royal Caribbean's website or otherwise to indicate that gratuity is not part of the specialty dining cover charge. So from that standpoint, that's the best answer I can give you, Mike. Um, it's one of those weird things that you just don't see a lot of. Like, Royal Caribbean doesn't, doesn't you know, explain it very well. Um, and, I, and I've certainly heard different... You know, uh, secondhand stories from people. And people say, "Well, I asked my waiter this, and someone else says their waiter that, and they get different stories." So there's nothing that I'm really. I got to go on the original answer there about that. That includes your cover charges has got the gratuity included in there. Not to, not to say you can't certainly tip on top of that because you know certainly great service should be recognized for that. But I do agree about one thing you mentioned, which is that you definitely, definitely, definitely on the post cruise survey that Royal Caribbean emails you, make sure you recognize everybody that does a great job in there because those reviews, having someone's name on that review goes directly to their file on their account. And when it's time for contract renewals, these people get, they'll, they'll get special dispensation. They will get, you know, they could, they could help them towards a promotion, a raise and some other things as well. It's really important. So I agree a hundred percent with the mic, you know, do yourself a favor, do them a favor. If you can't, if they treat you well on the cruise, just remember their name. You know, it's, you know, it was John from the, the waiter at the R bar who was really nice. You know, that's all they need. They can track him down and it really does go a long way to making it a whole lot better. So Michael, thank you for the email there. Now it's time for one more email, one more. And that is going to be coming to us from Dan, who writes, just started listening to your podcast in the last few weeks as we're getting ready for our Lure of the Seas cruise, which sails tomorrow morning. My girlfriend and I have been on cruises and Royal Caribbean before, but not in years and not together. Anyway, we're so excited last night, the Friday, that I could hardly sleep, which was good because Jeff Blue texted me at 2.15 a.m. to say our flight was canceled after an hour on the phone with the rep. It was clear we weren't flying anywhere that could get us close to Port Everglades before Sunday night. We live north of Boston, and the airport is still getting back online after a blizzard a few days ago. There was no way we were going to make it to try every option to get to Florida and make our cruise. So, happy to report that we've been binge listening to your podcast in a one-way rental car since 6 a.m. as we head down I-95. They've really been informative and have us even more excited for the week on board. Keep up the good work. We should hit Fort Lauderdale in time to ditch the rental car, grab a few hours of sleep in the hotel room that we'd booked, and be on board by noon. <laughs> Dan, that is great. Thank you for the email, and I'm so sorry that your flight plans got canceled or messed up, certainly. And But the good news is you're able to make your cruise, which is the most important thing. And what better way to spend 24 hours in a car 
been listening to quality Royal Caribbean podcasts. I, that's what I always say anyway. But uh, thanks so much for the email, Dan. Thank you to everybody for sending in the emails. If you want to send in your email to be read, perhaps on another binging during a long car ride or whenever you have time, uh, send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.